0: Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1573 and I've been going back through the archives because, you know, like like some Star Wars folks out there, I'm a bit of a completist in a way and I wanted to make sure that Every story that we've wanted to talk about here on the podcast with you that we have had the chance to talk about. And there were a couple of gaps that I was not expecting to come across. And so I thought we would talk about a couple of the stories that we had yet to talk about on the podcast here for the rest of the week. And I'm going to kick things off by talking about our top takeaways from The Storms of Crate. And this was a story that was written as a one-shot for Marvel Comics as a lead-in to The Last Jedi. But it doesn't just touch The Last Jedi. It actually also touches back into the novel by Claudia Gray, which is Leia, Princess of Alderaan, that particular one. And it happens to come about because, of course, the Rebellion is looking for a place to you know, possibly settle down after the Battle of Yavin, after the events of A New Hope. And it takes place, this Storms of Crait story, in between Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And so, you know, this has been out long enough that you probably don't need the spoiler warning, but spoiler warning, you know, here you go. And we're going to talk about our seven top takeaways from this particular story. First of all, the background on Crate, which is that it was a planet from which the Rebellion had been operating quietly, or at least one segment of the Rebellion, specifically Bail Organa's segment of the Rebellion. He actually had established... A secret base on Crate from which they were running operations to attack the Empire. And Leia found out about this with some very excellent sleuthing work in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And so that is how she has any knowledge in particular about Crate, And that's the knowledge she brings into this story, Storms of Crate, as far as suggesting it to Mon Mothma that they pursue this as a potential rebel base now that they are on the run. So, our second top takeaway has to do with one of the reasons why she thinks to reach out about Crate right at that moment, and it has to do with a guy that was known to her, or at least known to her father, and therefore known to her as well. Trusk Baronato is this guy, and he's somebody who apparently was, eh, you know, not exactly entirely trustworthy, but who was somebody that... You know, as it's stated in the story that Bail Organa saw the best in, even when that person didn't necessarily see the best in themselves. And that apparently is a trait that Leia shares to some degree as well. And so she tries to arrange a meeting with him on crate to see about you know possibly hiding out there because there's something else going on on crate and this is your third top takeaway the fact that we actually have operational mines on crate so when we see crate in the last jedi it is just abandoned ultimately It is completely dead and that's you know where they end up holding up but many years earlier and i guess the math on that would be more than 30 years earlier Crate was actually, you know, functioning to some degree, even though it appeared to be a dead world. This guy, Trusk, had managed to bring in a bunch of droids to do mining work and was able to get it up and running. And so there was actually some serious activity on there unfortunately i guess the mine wasn't necessarily doing as well as it could have been because trust decided that he was going to sell out leia and the rest of her rebels to the empire in fact he was going to get even more money if he was able to keep her strung along long enough to actually get the fleet to arrive at crate but no dice because leia apparently did her homework and knew that there was some connection with the empire and hoped that he would do the right thing but Unfortunately, he did not and would not. Meanwhile, Luke, in our fourth top takeaway, who happens to be a captain in this episode or this story, he's actually referred to as Captain Skywalker, which is kind of awesome in its way, is tasked with basically digging trenches and looking at environmental studies and figures out that, oh, this guy Trusk actually faked the environmental studies on this place you know, like any <laughs> any rascal miner would do, I guess. But not only that, realize that there would be sandstorms happening on the planet that could trap them in the base for years. That is years. And so that actually adds an interesting element to the whole Last Jedi scenario because when they're going to create... Leia has to have somewhere in the back of her mind the recollection of the experience on Crate originally when she was here for Storms of Crate, And the fact that if she knows that they could get trapped in that base due to sandstorms, and they don't necessarily know how often sandstorms show up, well, that's just another measure of how desperate the Resistance was in that particular moment. So, Trusk betrays them to the Empire, as I said, and so that's where we get to your fifth and sixth top takeaways. When Scar Squadron shows up, and this is a special commando advanced recon squadron that has actually appeared in earlier story arcs in the Star Wars comics. When they show up, there's a battle, and of course the good guys get the better of them because, you know continuity and Wedge basically loses his mind and this is your fifth top takeaway the fact that he just he grabs a panel of something that looks like it's a busted part off of a ski speeder and is beating one of the stormtroopers on the ground going like you know if you're gonna come after Wedge Antilles you better bring a star destroyer we red squadron we blew up the death star like he's just losing his mind as he's battering this poor stormtrooper you know Yeah, (laughs) he's just kind of gone crazy in the Sandstorm situation. And meanwhile, a leader of Scar Squadron, who is a guy named Sergeant Creel, takes on Luke, and Creel has his own lightsaber, which, you know, this goes back to another story arc with Gracchus the Hutt and his uh, collection of Jedi artifacts and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. Be that as it may, Luke basically hands the dude his hat and... Destroys the lightsaber and, you know, leaves him behind. Although, your seventh top takeaway is the fact that Scar Squadron is appa- apparently able to limp away as are our, our heroes. But, anybody else who is left behind is going to be flash-dried. And that apparently includes Trusk Baronado, who, you know, is, is not in the custody of the rebels when they leave and there's no suggestion or you know or even any kind of narrative that suggests that he was taken away by scar squadron or anything like that he is actually shot in a you know showdown by leia and (laughs) and that actually works out pretty well it's a funny story overall there's a lot of great snappy dialogue in the whole thing but anyway the flash drive thing so you know basically they the sandstorm just Like I said, flash dries them is how Luke Skywalker describes it. So they're just this, you know, pile of dried, desiccated body. And for all we know, 30 years later, that, you know, flash dried Trusk baronado just, you know, collapsed into the salt Of crate and 30 years later some guy on the resistance is sticking his finger in his salt and going hmm tastes like salt and gareth edwards is next to him in the trench looking at him like he's lost his mind which you know he probably has but no more so than wedge beating on a downed stormtrooper so that is going to do it for our look at the top takeaways from the storms of crate which was again a one-shot comic from marvel comics as a lead into The Last Jedi and also a bridge between The Last Jedi and the novel Leia Princess of Alderaan. And I hope you'll subscribe to future episodes of the show here. Please do that on whatever particular platform you like to catch the show. Hope you'll consider the monumental effort as worthy of your time and perhaps a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com/sw7x7. For now though, it just remains for me to say. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018 Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.